0: Bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 oh, Come and it. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman.
1: We can do this live. It's a Saturday night from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Here we go with another edition of the Modern Eater Show. Right here on iHeartRadio, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman getting going here. And uh, Saturday night's all well in the world on a 420.
2: It is summertime, my friend, and uh, it is beautiful outside. It looks like we've got a storm, but wow, the summertime is here, so the patios are open. Get your shorts on, get your short <laughs> sleeves on get out to a patio, and support some of our local food scene here in Colorado.
1: A big night tonight. Uh, let's introduce this gentleman right away. Mark Antonation joins us, food editor from Westward Magazine. How are you?
3: Good. Thanks for having me on. Here it is. So here we go again. Second visit to the kitchen. Yeah, it looks better. I see like a big grill there, like a egg thing. <laughs> yeah, gr- <laughs> The green,
1: green egg. egg. Yeah. Provided by Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's kind of the reason for the season. Here we go, springtime. Do you barbecue much, Mark?
3: Uh, I do, except uh, I lit my barbecue, my smoker on fire last summer. So Ooh. the I,
1: outside of it,
3: <laughs> the, the gas tank actually oh, caught
1: fire. So was, that's not what you want.
3: To yeah, happen. that sounds dangerous. I right, just right. ran inside. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a fun show tonight as uh, we celebrate the uh, culinary arts and kind of the beginnings, you know, of of how you start out. And tonight's a really cool thing with Culinary Quick Start. It's an Emily Griffith program. Are you familiar with what they do at Quick Start?
3: I do, actually. I was just over there a couple weeks ago. They were doing a Iron Chef type thing with the students. And I had some great food there and met some really cool kids that uh, are going through the program.
1: We have a couple of the culinary instructors and actually a couple of, of guys that went through the program. So we're going to look forward to catching up with them. Also, we have a Brucey's Fire and Vine in the house. I really like what abrushi's is doing. Jeff Proger and Marvin Williams will join us to talk about abrushi's Fire and Vine. But these guys are so, first of all, family-owned and operated.
2: Yeah, one of those great you neighborhood places them. with a killer patio and a great bar. I mean,
1: and they're very open to uh, trying anything local. You know, they keep their ears open, their eyes open, and and uh, what they're doing at abrushi's Fire and Vine. I can't wait for you to hear, Mark, because uh, I think that they're doing some cool stuff there. And uh, also, we've got a couple. We've got a brewery in the house, and I think everybody's enjoying the beer.
2: Yeah. Well, what a what a nice light pilsner beer that they brought tonight. It's perfect for summertime. I mean, I got to tell you, it's we've got two uh, two big old grills in here. It's probably 80 degrees, and this pilsner is going down way too easy.
1: And that's a uh, beerstatt Lagerhaus, and uh, they'll be joining us. Ashley Carter, Bill Rye. owners and brewers will be here with us. And uh, who else are we see? Oh, we've got some uh, cocktails that are being mixed up. And uh, really appreciate Erin Rushton. She's uh,
2: joining us doing that. So And she's pouring rocker. It's you got to love that. Little uh, Dustin Evans
3: rocker spirits out of Littleton.
1: Mark, we're busy here in Denver, Colorado.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, a it's lot crazy, crazy going on. how much is always happening.
1: It was I don't know, what was it, two weeks ago when I printed this out? It's a um, piece done by Mark Antonation as he joins us here, food editor from Westward Magazine. 20 new restaurants and bars coming to Denver this year. 20. um, More? There's going to be more, right?
3: Right. That was kind of just a highlight of what we had already um, written about before in terms of finding new places that are coming. So that was kind of a greatest hits. But, yeah, there's always more in the works i probably need to do a new list
2: mark what's your opinion do we have too many restaurants do we not have enough where are where's the saturation rating in denver right now with restaurants
3: that's a great question i i don't know uh i know there's more variety than we've ever had which is awesome uh it is probably tough for you know competition getting good employees paying a competitive rate and still making money if you own a restaurant so I I feel for the people out there doing it but in terms of customers like me it's awesome
2: yeah and I and that's the community wins you know I mean we're the winners of it sometimes I feel bad for these chefs because they're getting into this marketplace and you really got to bring your a game in, in my opinion you know I think Denver is a little forgiving whereas you go into a place like Boulder And it is not. You will, you know, your doors will close within a couple years. Um, You know, and recently we've seen some of those restaurants up in Boulder that have gotten great accolades and are not around anymore. Um, You know, and.
1: Mark, what do you figure the lifespan of a restaurant should be or is? I say about eight years.
3: Uh, You know, I love to see them go and go. You know, some of my favorite restaurants are 20, 30 years old. Uh, So as long as they can continue to attract customers stay relevant then keep, i don't think there's a limit
1: keep the drive alive i want to do you mind if we go over it well, first of all where
3: were you today uh, i just got back from Kiero arepas uh and they just their food truck and they're at avanti and they just opened their own restaurant down on south pearl road street
2: yep and
3: that old uh plat- Platt Park neighborhood. Yeah. Right there, yeah. yeah. So kind of across the street from Park Burger, and there's Platt Park Brewery there. So it's a nice little corner now there with some good stuff. A few
1: that I'm looking for. Is Main Shack coming along? Uh,
3: That's a good question. Uh, They uh, have done some pop-ups to let people know what they're making, and uh, I think it's just a slow process these days. Yeah. You know, with all the permitting and licensing. and
1: Tell you what, that permitting, it'll hold you up. Yeah. I mean, it truly will. It, it can make uh, uh, what you perceive to be, like, two, three months we're going to be opening to six months to a year. Yeah. In, in some instances. But uh, I'm looking forward to that main shack because I love lobster. and, and um,
2: Well, have you gotten a chance to get over to that Broadway, the new uh, the new thing?
1: Broadway Marketplace?
2: Broadway Marketplace. Yeah. A lot of good
1: stuff. Those guys from... Um,
3: What what is it? The hangar, the Stanley Marketplace. Right. Uh, So some of those guys are in on it. So
2: Caputo Pizzas in there. Justin Brunson with his new chicken.
3: Yeah.
2: Concept is in there.
3: And I know it all too well because it's across the street from my office. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) uh, I have to fight the urge to just eat lunch there. To go in there.
2: Have you used their uh, their new beer taps?
3: I love it. Yeah. Uh, Pours fills the glass from the bottom. I don't know how that works for cleaning them, but uh, it's fun go pour your own beer and then get sticker shock later. What's up with food (laughs) halls?
1: Do you see that being sustainable?
3: Um, You know, I think it might be, aside from being trendy now, it might be a model that helps uh, restaurant owners and chefs open something cheaply Mm -hmm. and not have to shell out a lot of money for rent. Um, So, yeah, I think there's going to be more.
1: They're kind of in the middle of the food chain. Uh, You know, where, where does a food truck land in that chain
3: uh hopefully next to my house yeah <laughs> next to your house <laughs> yeah this uh,
1: these guys uh, run for the roses at 1801 blake street they're anticipating openings here in in springtime we had the uh, opportunity to have stephen waters in here with uh cocktails and he gave us a deck of cards that's basically going to be their cocktail menu and oh fun so cool i should bring that out here yeah but uh, run for the roses what do you know about that opening
3: uh, I know they've been delayed too a lot of it is because of other construction on that block has delayed their opening, which I'm sure doesn't make him happy but yeah uh, they've yeah they've been kind of popping up around town too trying to keep their name out there and uh, making up some good cocktails in other locations until they're ready to go. What's
1: your most anticipated opening, that you, it, just you, that you're looking forward to?
3: Um, well, you know, a real fun one is probably coming up within the next few weeks. It's called Pistol Whip, and it's on Santa Fe in the art district there. Um, and the owner uh, is he's a tattoo artist who owns a tattoo studio. He's been there for nearly 20 years. And he decided to open a restaurant just a couple doors down. I wonder why he came up with Pistol Whip. Uh, they just wanted something kind of fun and name-catching, I guess. I, I mean, actually like it. I'll yeah. tell you, I like Pistol I, Whip. I'm terrified. <laughs> You've been Pistol Whip?
2: Uh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll try to keep it that way. Now let me go backwards on you, Mark. What, what do you think was? What do you think is that was is
1: closing? the? Pardon? The saddest closing?
2: No, no, no. I was going to say what what opened in the last year that you were like you nailed it. Great job. I'll be there as much as I can be.
3: Oh, there's there's some, like, gorgeous new restaurants with great food, like uh, Morin, uh, LaRue, uh, and I'm sorry, anyone who's listening, if I miss yeah. you, uh, there's uh, Super Mega Bien. Uh, how's Zoccalito uh, doing? Which one? Zocalito. Oh. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, Zocalito. Yeah, really good, like, Oaxacan-style Mexican food. And Avalina,
2: how are they doing? Uh,
3: They've been around for a couple years now. Yeah, the other one that I really like is Liberati. I was just going to ask you.
2: Liberati is doing it great, I'll tell you. They have been a huge fan of growers and been rocking the organic produce now and uh, really, really loving it, really loving it, yeah.
1: Let's do this. Let's take a little break. Mark Antonations here with us, the food editor from Westward Magazine. And thanks again uh, for showing. How's Westward doing?
3: Uh, well, you know, I've still got a job and th- there's a lot of people <laughs> smoking pot these days, so yeah. that kind of helps pay my salary.
2: Wow. Yeah, it helps fill that back page now, doesn't it?
3: Yeah. It's really cool because I've seen
1: the evolution of that brand and really just truly a Denver staple of. You want to know what's going on in Denver. There it is, Westward Magazine. You're busy. I I have no idea, Mark, how you are able to put out so much writing. It's an amazing talent that you have.
3: Well, thanks. It's, uh, I, I have so much fun doing it, but, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. Do you have a quota a day on what you need to put out there? Uh, you know, I'm usually personally responsible for a couple a day, uh, and then we've got a great team of freelancers that uh, fill in a, two or three more a day. So, yeah, we're doing you know close to 20 stories a week, just food and bars and food trucks and all the fun stuff that's happening.
1: Big fan of your work, Mark Antonation, Denver Westward. All right, let's continue. We'll come back with a great new place. And, and I'm kind of glad you're here, Mark, because there are some... some first of all, you, you, you there's no way you could go to every single restaurant in the Denver metropolitan area and beyond. Just impossible. Right. right? Um, so being able to learn about... Uh, places that have been around for a little while, and I know that you like to uh, be diverse in your findings of what you see. But a Abrucci's Fire and Vine, they're in Lakewood, and I call it golden. Uh, Marvin Williams, he's going to come up next. And I
2: will call it Applewood, but we'll, we'll all be fair on that one. Is
1: it Lakewood? Marvin, is it Lakewood? It is Lakewood, but it
4: still is Applewood.
1: There you go. <laughs> all right, we'll come back. Marvin Williams of Brucey Fire and Vine and Mark Antonation is going to stick around with us. He'll co-host with us for the next two hours. All's well in the world. The studio kitchen is full, and uh, I'm loving everything that we have here. Hyperlocal at its finest. Uh, look, there's Jeff from Spice Trade Brewing Company. Cheeto Ariola is here. Uh, Lots of friends and family. This is cool. We'll take a break. We'll come right back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. You are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
4: Choose your path
0: through
1: Cyberland.
0: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang.
5: Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale. Taste lavender tripel and the distinctive horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully sourced spices and herbs enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the taproom and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, Look us up online at SojournerBeers.com and remember to drink globally, locally
6: little rich here. It's the new year and we're all looking for ways to save money. Here's a tip I bet you didn't know about. Do what I do. Buy your natural gas wholesale. Instantly saving 10-12% to off your gas bill every single month. Baby, that's some serious cash. Do what I've done for years and call Brian Rizzuto at Encore Energy today. The sooner you call, the sooner you save. Call Brian at Encore Energy. 720-245-5771 That's 720- 245-5771 Save money on natural gas with Encore Energy.
1: Okay, this is cool. We'll be back to Studio Kitchen Colorado on the Modern Eater Show in just a minute. But I want to tell you about Belgian Beer Fest. Belgian Brew Fest. Let me start that over. Uh, If you're a Belgian-style beer lover, this is an event that's coming up that you don't want to miss. It's the third annual Belgian Brew Fest, and it's happening Sunday, April 28th. Mark your calendars. It's coming right up. It kind of marks the beginning of the beer festival season and none better than brews beers in midtown. The festival include 12 breweries, including Brews, Briar Common, River North, Periodic Elevation, Gold Spot, The Thirsty Monk, Liberati, Paradox, and Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Plus special guests of Amagang and Duval. All these breweries will be bringing their best, best Belgian style beers. There will also be live music and food trucks and special beer pricing at Brews after the Fest. The Belgium Brewfest is Sunday, April 28th, so just around the corner, Brian, from 1 to 4 p.m. in the Beer Garden next to Brews Beers. Where's Brews Beers? 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. Tickets are always limited, right? Always. But you can get them at BelgianBrewFest.com. Join the party for some Belgian-style badassery at the Belgian Brewfest on April 28th. We'll see you there. Yo, yo, what's
6: up? (laughs) This is Justin Brunson, culture meat and cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. (laughs) And you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
1: Ah, yes, you are, Kevin Brunson. We just got back from a rabbit farm tour. Did you see any of our rabbit farm uh, tour, Mark Anthony?
3: I did, and, you know, I was getting attached to those little guys, and then I actually ate one of them last night <laughs> uh, at a uh, pop-up dinner. With uh, Eclat Culinary. Oh,
2: you were over at uh, and, the vine- uh, the
3: Vineyard last and, night. And yeah. At Sir
1: Kitchen. And yep. that's Chef Brandon Becker and Chef Sam New, and they used those rabbits, which is fantastic. But was it a delicious dinner?
3: It was amazing. Uh, they did a really good job, and, and the wines at Kingman Estates were uh surprisingly you know people don't think of colorado as a wine growing state but some good stuff that's
1: why we like you mark antonation uh denver westward's food editor. Is you immerse yourself in the community which we love to do as well so supporting those guys and sam and brandon um, that's the real stuff right there joining the show right now marvin williams he's a friend he's family a brucey's fire and vine and you brought your kitchen manager here with us as well and uh ever duarte how are you guys
7: Good, good. How are you?
1: Awesome. Guys. Good to see you, fellas. Awesome. Uh, we're going to assemble some stuff, Mark. Okay. What do you think is going to happen here?
3: Well, I see bacon and uh, some bread, and I'm not sure what this is. To cheese and tomatoes, maybe?
4: Yeah, so this is actually going to be on the bruschetta. So this is a uh, sun-dried tomatoes, a little goat cheese, a little basil. We put a little honey on it. That's going to be our bruschetta that we put on there, and we do seasonal. So last... Um, during the winter time, we did a pear bruschetta. Okay. So we had a basil, um, pears, and a little balsamic reduction on that. So it was really nice to nutmeg, a little cinnamon.
1: If you're not tuned in to our Facebook Live, you need to do it right now because we're going to assemble these bacon boards, which is cool. Here's what I want you to do. While Chef is assembling that, Marvin, talk to Mark Antonation and give him the Cliff Notes version of a
4: Bruschis fire and vine. Sure. So I'm going to pretend you're a customer that's sitting down having the best damn bacon board. Right. Because I mean, that's that's what we got on here. So, what he's doing now with the bruschetta, like I said, is going to be a little sun-dried tomatoes, a little goat cheese, and a little basil. We take that, we drizzle a little bit of honey over the top of that, gives it a nice, sweet, but still balanced flavor on that, and you're going to see why you kind of need that little bread and flavor and balance, because of the bacon, Mm -hmm. because bacon's got a little bit of heat to it, so
3: you kind of need that little bit of balance. So we're going to put a little bit of honey on top of that.
1: Did you try a piece of this
3: bacon? I have not. And I was wondering, uh, is this like special Italian bacon? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because
4: even though we're an Italian restaurant, we are Italian and American. And we try and do not just Italian because we want people that, you know, the wife may want Italian. The husband may not want Italian. They can still come to Abrucci's. And we want to have that for them. So we've got that. So we've got a couple sauces that we use for our dipping. One is actually a whiskey syrup. So we take Old Forester. uh, We reduce that down. uh, We add a little... uh, Maple syrup to that. We do a little. Go ahead. And so we do a little bit of um, uh, other spices put in there. Strain that off, so it's a little bit spicy. We use that for our chicken and waffles as well for the brunch. So it's really nice. And then we've got a, uh, apricot uh, preserves on there. And then in the middle here, we've got a little roasted and salted almonds. So we take those and roast and salt those in house. They're awesome. They're really great in beer. Doesn't oh, hurt at good. all. Yeah, I'll have they're to really try great. That. Um, And then in terms of the bacon, so what we've got is we've got a pepper bacon. So that's going to be red uh, red peppers and a little black peppers Mm -hmm. with a little bit of brown sugar. And then we've got a jalapeno bacon, which is going to have jalapenos, going to have a little cinnamon in there, going to have a little uh, black pepper, um, a little bit of cayenne pepper, a little bit of paprika. And then we've got a sriracha bacon. And the sriracha bacon is a little bit spicier. It's got a little bit of white pepper. Um, it's got some more black pepper in there, um, and then it's got sriracha, a little bit chalua. Spicier um, than the jalapeno one. Yeah, spicier than the jalapeno. Jalapeno is okay. kind of a little bit milder because of the cinnamon. So it's a really good combination, and then it kind of kicks it up. So we try and give you a little bit of flavor, flavor with heat, and then really a lot of flavor with a lot of heat.
1: Is this what you'd see at the restaurant right there, that Right board? there. That's exactly perfect.
4: what it is. Uh, scoot
1: that over to Mark there, and I know people are going to want to get a bite, but take a bite of that bacon.
3: Yeah, and for those of you, if you're not watching right now, yeah, these bacon, one. it's not just flavors. There's actual spices and chilies on the outside of this, so you can tell which one is which right. just by looking at it.
1: All right, here we go, the the bacon test. And then we've got, I don't know, 25 people in here that are ready to just devour these bacon boards.
4: That's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty Marvin, good.
2: throw me one of those uh, srirachas. I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to eat one of those hot boys. I
4: really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just... Three, four or five slices of bacon. We wanted to really make sure that it was like an antipasti board, like a really good experience where you sit down, you share with a few friends, everybody eats it, has different flavors, and you can really enjoy it as the result, the best ham bacon board.
3: Yeah, that's uh, if I saw somebody order that, I would probably turn around and yeah, order one too. Definitely eye catching. Yeah. And like
4: yeah. I said, this the bruschetta changes seasonally. So it keeps with that. And the is are newest. And so we'll try something different. I'm working on a chocolate version, so a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of heat, Um, playing around with that just to give it some variety. I
1: keep keep calling it a new location, but I think you've been settled into your new digs for about eight months now, nine? Two years. Two years. Yeah, great, Greg. Time flies. It, but it, but it, it, it's seemingly brand new, and every time I go there, it's a new experience. But, but Marvin, give, give like the 60 seconds of just the uh, decor, ambiance, the bar, the outside, the tie-in. This place is so cool. Patio. You
4: walk into the place, and it's, seen, it's very rustic mm-hmm. without being closed in. It's very open. Um, we've got uh, patio doors that are really tall, um, 20-foot patio doors that slide open. Um, all the way across both sides. So the bar becomes the patio. Patio becomes the dining room. And so it's very inclusive. Um, it's uh, open, like I said, rustic open. Um, the cuisine is definitely going to be wood fire pizza, um, uh, Italian-American. So we've still got the chicken piccata. We've still got the you know, chicken parmesan. But we've got beef short ribs. We've got salmon tacos. We've got the best damn bacon board. We've got the steak that we're going to talk about later. Um, you know, what? those type of things just... Really let it in so that somebody walks in the door, they're going to feel at home, and then they order the food. They're going to taste it, close their eyes, and just be, wow, this is really nice.
1: Mark, what would you think the last thing that an Italian restaurant would accommodate and be very sensitive towards? Uh,
3: Probably gluten. Gluten Gluten-free. Ding, ding, ding. They
1: have a dedicated space in their kitchen so that they can be a dedicated gluten-free source.
3: We've been
4: doing gluten-free since 2003. Oh, great. And it has been An amazing journey for us. Every year we find new and great products that just enhance our ability. All the servers are trained on it. All the kitchen staff is trained on it. Um, Even as far as in the kitchen with the pastas, we've got a separate uh, unit that, of course, cooks the gluten-free pasta. pasta, But then we try and make sure, I mean, we do. We make sure that those pasta dishes are put to the left with that so that we don't take regular water from a regular pasta and take it over a gluten-free dish so that we make sure that everything is truly as gluten-free as we can. So Marvin, is, that, is that
2: real? I mean, come on, I think there's lots of yeah. folks out there that don't think gluten
4: can cross-contaminate with oh, without sure. gluten. Is it real? Do you really have to be that careful? Yes, in fact, when we opened up, we had this beautiful pizza oven. I mean, it's incredible, it's a wood fire, um, it's gas, wood fire, it's awesome. We did research and we realized that the gluten doesn't die in the heat. So we had to make sure that we had a separate pizza oven for the gluten-free pizza. Because if you put gluten-free in that oven, you're done. I mean, it's people are going to get sick. So we made sure we did all that. Make sure we took all the precautions. And you know, we've got a few servers that are gluten-free, but it really is just about if you're going to offer it, do it the right way.
1: Yeah, it's 6:30 on 6:30 KHOW an Radio station, our flag, shi- uh, our flagship station. You got to say that slow. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to take a break. We'll come back with a Bruise Fire and Vine. Marvin Williams joining us, but the. Um, the diversity of what you do there with your bar program, and the, the types of things that you've you've used the modern eater show a little bit for some research, and I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get back. Mark Antonation joins us from uh, Denver westward, and he'll continue to be here with us for. The full two hours. What a beautiful day in the Mile High City. It is 420, you know, so be, Just respons- incredible. be you,
2: responsible. Be responsible out there, All you parents
1: folks. out there, you yeah. know, if you're hiding your Easter eggs tonight, draw a map or something so you remember <laughs> where you <laughs> hid <laughs> them. <laughs> I remember um, my mom, she's probably be watching. There was one time where she knew she hid what's in a what, two, two cartons, so 24 eggs. Yep. She knew she hid 24 eggs. We could only find 23 That one egg reared its head about a month and a half later.
8: It was was behind
1: the refrigerator. We couldn't figure out what that smell was for a long, long time. I can
8: only imagine, man. Rotten eggs. Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) All right, we'll be right back from Studio Kitchen Colorado. You are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
0: Choose your path
1: through Cyberland.
0: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com
9: Colleen Ferreira here with the Colorado Chefs Association. You've probably heard the excitement. This year we are creating a stir in the culinary community. This is your personal invitation to join us on our constant culinary adventure. Let us open up our network to you and help you grow professionally. Whether you are a chef, purveyor, brewer, baker, we are here to build your brand, your business, and connect you with Colorado's culinary community. Join us, I'd love to hear from you. Email me, Colleen, at acfcoloradochefs.org.
6: Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips. Served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local. Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Roccalita's Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To. to bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. It's packed here in
1: Studio Kitchen, Colorado, and we'll be right back to the Modern Eater Show. Um, but this is it. I say it's the reason for the season, and that's barbecue grills. And Mark Antonation, we got to think about getting you a new one since you burnt yours down last year. And Proud these is, Souls. These are guys to go to. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, Colorado premier barbecue supply store. Proud Souls is a small business, which we love, locally owned and operated. The owners, Tony Roberts and Dan Casey. They're award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies. Truly, uh, barbecue is their passion. No joke, these guys love what they do. Colorado's most extensive selection of grills and smokers. Names such as the uh, Big Green Egg, which we have in here, Yoder Smokers, and Traeger, also this great rotisserie that's the Everdoor. I love this grill. We actually take it with us when we go camping and those types of things. The retail store contains the most extensive selection of barbecue supplies and products in Colorado, all under one roof. Some hard to find, but they're all hard to beat. Get a hold of these guys. They'd really love to hear from you. I'd go check them out at 2485 North Federal Boulevard. they are neighbors right down the street on Federal. Oh. Uh, don't go in and make an impulse buy. I know you want to. I you know. walk through the big box store right out front. There's all the barbecue. But this is a
2: big boys playground, Greg. I know. Proud Souls
1: Barbecue. Take a minute. Go join them down at Proud Souls Barbecue. Um, they're helping create pitmasters one backyard at a time. 2485 North Federal Federal Boulevard. You can't go wrong. It's Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions.
10: Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? (laughs) Owner of 4 by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumplings. I mean, he's he's a very, very impressive
1: man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. All right, you can start the party when Biker Jim gets in the house, right?
2: Just keeps getting better and better over here <laughs> at the Modern Eater.
1: Uh, we got a full house. Biker Jim, he's in the house right now. Mark Antonation from Denver Westward continues with us. Marvin Williams uh, from a Fire and Vine in Applewood Lake. Applewood,
2: Applewood, uh, Applewood. All right. It's right off of I-70 and Youngsfield Boulevard. You can't miss it. It is gorgeous, and when you yeah, 22nd in Youngsfield, to be exact. And I'll tell you, the patio is one of the nicest in that area. Yeah, yeah. you're
1: going to love it. And Mark, actually, Mark Antonation, he said to me during the break, Marvin, you weren't there, he said, my mother in law Celiac. I think I'm going to take him up to a uh which is a cool thing. You didn't hear a word I just said, did you? I did. What did I say?
4: You said you're going to bring him over to Abrucci's.
1: No, I said uh-huh. his mother in law Celiac. 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 Oh. And she needs to uh, have a night, nice night out. So I'm figuring you'll be able to. It's we'll okay. Marvin's Marvin's
2: dinner. coaching those gorgeous steaks over there. By the way, those, those things are beautiful. That looks like a meal there, my friend.
4: It is more than a meal. What exactly
3: <laughs> is that that we're looking at?
4: So what we do at the restaurant is, uh, and in fact, our owner went to Italy, had a lot of great steak Florentines and came back to the restaurant and said, I love that. We got to have it figure out a way to do it. So, we talked to Damon Stano from Western Meats. He got us these great two-inch Kansas City strips, uh, the two-inch porterhouses as well. The Kansas City strips are 32 inches or 32 ounces, and the porterhouses are 48 ounces. And they're just—they've got great marbling. They're just an awesome piece of meat. And so we take that and we put a little bit of uh, salt, pepper, and paprika to give it a nice sear. And then we take a cast iron skillet. We go ahead and sear those for about three minutes on each side at high heat. Gives it a nice crust without really cooking the inside too much. Um, and then we take it and we put it in an oven. We actually are using the big green egg on this thing uh, at about 350, 400 degrees for about six, seven minutes.
3: So that's... About six
4: minutes gives you rare to medium rare. About seven minutes gives you that medium rare. A little bit more for those folks that like it medium and so forth. Uh, then we go ahead and take that out of the oven we let it rest for the amount of time that we cooked it. So about six, seven, eight minutes. And so uh, we have that rest and then what we do is we take that, we slice it off the bone. So it has a nice, you know, you kind of get that completely off the bone. We slice it in about half-inch slices. We put it back on the bone, put a little bit of rosemary compound butter on the top and then give it another batch of heat just to kind of melt that butter. and. It comes out amazing.
1: Do we have one ready?
4: We do have one ready that we're going to cut up. So that's on the appetizer menu, right? (laughs) Yes, it is on the appetizer menu, yeah. So we actually only do this Friday and Saturday because, ironically, you know, in a busy kitchen, all the cooks are busy. And really, the general manager, who I am, I'm the one that actually cooks the steak. So I have my guys sear it and do all that, and then I, in the oven, baste it with a little bit of garlic, a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of butter kind of base that every two minutes through the cooking process. I cut it, get it all ready, because um, you need a little bit of love to that, and my guys are just too busy to be able to do that on a consistent basis.
1: Hey, Mark, Antonation, so. did you ever watch Prices Right? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, that game that's higher or lower, right? Yeah. yeah. So let, let's go right now. First of all, I'll give you within $10, okay? Higher or lower, $10. This steak right here on the menu,
3: how much? Uh. Was that 48 ounces? This one here is 32 (laughs) ounces. Okay, Uh, I'm going uh, 50 bucks.
4: 50 bucks is square on. We're at $49. Now it comes with mashed potatoes
3: and asparagus, and it's meant for two people. And I would say you could easily feed three off that, but.
1: And I, I would I, say I will... you
2: could easily get 100 bucks for that steak. Yeah. Uh, feeding two people there. Well, and look at it. Cut, look at him cutting this right now, Greg. That's like the. That's my perfect temperature. What's What would you say right there, Marvin? A medium rare on that. Medium rare.
4: I gotta. Uh, first it'd of all, it'd be rare to medium rare. Sh- Chef nice, Ever. Yeah, nice. A little bit closer to medium rare.
1: Chef Ever, your kitchen manager. Uh, he's killing it.
4: Yeah, he does an awesome job. He's doing it. He's great been with job. me, 15 years. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, 15 years, and he's just been incredible.
1: Brian, as you know, the Modern Eater show. I think we do a lot of uh, homework for people. Yes, we do. Prep work for other shows. You know, you get ideas from this. Yes, you uh, do. Other people that would like to to uh, write things about new places, maybe theoretically, and then also folks that are in the restaurant business. And Marvin, when you when you meet up with the Marvin or with the Marvin Eater show, with the Modern Eater <laughs> show, uh, what what are some things that you've learned from the Modern Eater?
4: Well, i got to say, the first time that you came in... Oh, this is... Interesting good. story. He came into the restaurant, and, you know, we'd, we'd been at our old location 17 years and been a mom-and-pop place, not really been a craft place, and walks in and is talking about the old-fashioned. He says, order me an old-fashioned. So we bring him old-fashioned. And he looks at it, he tastes it, he says, you know, it tastes all right, but I think you can do better. And six months later, he came in, tried the same drink, he was like, you've done better. And every time he comes in... It's better and better and better. And we strive for that. And it's like a wife in the back of your head. I mean, Greg is in the (laughs) back of my head talking to me every time we come up with a drink. Is this good enough for the modern eater?
1: We turned John, to some local local spirits.
4: So Rocker Spirits has been awesome. Rocker Spirits has been one of our leader um, in terms of the whiskey, rum, and vodka uh, for what we use in the store. We definitely support him. Dustin is awesome. Um, I'm sorry he's not here tonight. But but wait,
2: that's just a compliment to one of the greatest drinks that you have behind
4: the bar. And what is that, Marvin? Well, it's the—well— it all depends, but yes, the rocker old-fashioned limoncello that he makes the rock, himself. He, so yes, the rocker, yes. Wait rock until you taste hey, this g-
2: limoncello. Give him the give him some props for that limoncello, yeah, Marvin the, makes it himself. Yeah, the limoncello. That, is. That's an Italian staple.
1: Hey, Mark Antonation, how important do you believe it is to support Colorado on your menu? Uh,
3: I think it's a big deal, especially if if you're serving things that you can get here. Uh, it, you know, people want to see that and. Uh, it builds up everyone because there's farms nearby that that uh, can continue to grow, and then they sell to more people, and then you see more of their products in more restaurants, and it just uh, raises all the boats.
2: Mark, let me here, let me sneak in real quick, Greg. Mark, uh, something that I'm going to make a bold statement that I think people right now want more than anything. Oh no, duck. Nope. It's uh, my opinion is is that people want transparency behind their food right now more than anything. They, as long as they know where it's coming, who raised the animal, who grew the, the produce, that's what people are interested in. That's what I feel like the future right now of food is, is transparency. What's your take on that?
3: Sure. I think that's uh, a great point. Um, and there are a lot of people that that do want that. They want to know, you know, does my chicken come from Boulder? Does my beef come from Colorado Springs? Uh, and there's a balance between, you know, price and quality that a, a restaurant owner sure. has to strike uh but it's the more everyone kind of chips in then those prices come down and then laws change to make it easier for local farmers to bring their products to market that's always a big deal too
2: where do you think the average entree on a menu should be what's a price range
3: oh good question uh mm, I, I'd say for a full-size entree that one person is eating, you know, 25 to 35, depending on what it is. it's okay. So inexpensive to you know. See, and
2: I and I even go higher a little bit, Mark. I think 30 to 40 is really fair these days for good food. Um, but you know, I, I'm a I am ai want to I don't want too much personally, so I'm on the side of you can make me a smaller portion. Right. Um, although. I'll tell you, if you brought me a steak like that out to my table. Before
1: we break off, and and Marvin Williams, you'll be obviously back often. But here's something cool that they do. Mark Antonation, they have a no-tip environment. It's a 20% built-in gratuity, and they do a fine job doing it. They have a great employee retention rate because of it. What's your take on that type of thing?
3: Be honest. I think it's a really cool thing, and I think it's – hard for restaurant owners to do because uh, the front of house employees are used to getting those tips, and when they see that you're not paying them, they're going to jump ship. Uh, but, in the big picture, if you're paying everyone in the restaurant a fair wage... Living wage. Yeah. Fair living wage, or, or more. Yeah. Um, then everybody's going to benefit from that, and every, you, know, you can do other things, like you can give everyone... Uh, benefits, you know, if it's in the books, uh, and it kind of makes it easier to treat everyone fairly. Instead of, you know, some guy in the back uh, busting his butt for minimum wage while the people in the front who are also busting their butts, yep. but they're making you know three times as much. Creates more of a family environment, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah,
4: I would agree definitely. That culture is huge. And I mean, if anyone could pick to go to a job where they enjoy themselves. They would do that.
3: Think it'll that, catch on? What's that? Think it'll catch on? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. I think it's brave restaurants it like is. this that that are doing it and making it work. Yeah. But I think you know, the tipping thing is really ingrained. You yeah. see like some of the top restaurateurs in New York City trying it and, and not being able to really spread it beyond their own restaurants. Yeah. So. Well,
2: I would say to Marvin, you have to have the right culture and you have to build that in from the get-go. To where everyone, because at Abrucci's Fire & Wine, I'll tell you, the service is incredible because everyone walking by you cares. So that's one of the things that if it's if it's rolled out right in the right environment, I think it's great. But to your point, I think it's really hard when you got front of the house people that are making, you know, 500 to to $1,000 a night in tips. They're going to be real protective of that in, in the big picture. But I, I think what you've done over there, Marvin, at abrushi's is just on target.
4: And I, would, oh, yeah. I would only quickly equate Please. it to if you take 10 years ago and you said, I'm going to make my restaurant non-smoking, they would say, <laughs> you're going to go out of business.
1: That's actually a very good point.
4: So yeah. I, would, I would just say that times do change and they do take time. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: Uh, Marvin, thank you. abrushi's Fire and Vine, I'd encourage you, go try them out. It's a very, it's a slick place with delicious food. What's the address?
4: It's going to be 2200 Youngfield. Walk in if I'm there. Say hello. If I'm not, give him grief because I'm not there. Say hi, to, <laughs> say hi
1: to Marvin. I like this because Mark Antonation is joining us, and he's kind of co-hosting the show with myself and Brian. And uh, here's why I like it, because he can kind of do some of the work for us. Coming up next from uh, Culinary Quick Start, we have on Barbara Lindsay. Do you know Barbara?
3: I have met Barbara. I'm more familiar with the chefs. The, the chefs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, ten seconds on Culinary Quick Start, as I put you on the spot.
3: Uh, so it's a program that teaches uh, young people and maybe not so young people who are looking to get into the business. It's a free four-week class at Emily Griffith. So. Uh, It's supported by restaurants and the, uh, well, I can't remember who exactly is behind it, but a lot of restaurants are behind it, and they send their chefs over to do classes too, uh, and then they'll hire people coming out of that program, so it benefits everyone.
1: Yeah, the name explains it all, Culinary Quick Start, and what a cool program, and we'll uh, highlight and feature them in the next couple of segments, and Barbara Lindsay will join us, the Director of Workforce Development, And also, Dave Box will join us as well. And then we have two instructors and two students that just graduated from that Quick Start program. So we'll look into that next, and then we'll get into the second hour and have some fun right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland.
0: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com.
11: Hey, it's Peter Allman with South River Aquaponics. As a chef and aquaponics farmer, I get the importance of conserving our limited water supply. Did you know Colorado is suffering from the most severe drought since 2012? Water shortages are very real, especially to Colorado farmers. Now here's the good news. Aquaponic farming uses 90% less water than traditional farming, while producing four and a half times more food per square foot. Using traditional farming techniques, farmers would flood their fields with large quantities of water, leaving much of this water underutilized and just plain wasted. But because aquaponics is a recirculating system, the only water used is what the plants uptake and some very minor evaporation. South River Aquaponics has been running a 55,000-gallon system year-round for four years, and we use less than 500 gallons of water per day. Education is very important to us here at South River Aquaponics. I invite you to learn more about aquaponics at SouthRiverAquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming. Hey Colorado,
12: this is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater talk show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs, with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com.
6: Now,
13: this is the modern eater show.
6: That's right, boy. I'm starving.
13: And now it's time for In the Kitchen.
10: How am I supposed to keep on feeding you?
14: Kill people?
13: Run, you Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Award winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com.
9: Feed me all night long.
1: All right, we can do this, and like I said, it's the reason for the season. Right behind me is this beautiful Everdorf, uh provided to us by Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions along with this uh, big green egg. Greg Hollenbeck, Brian Freeman, Jay Parker doing great work uh, producing the show and have to uh, say Little Rich. He's in Mexico. Extended yep. Happy his trip. Easter, Little Rich.
2: Uh, Jay, can we get a Spanish Happy Easter over there? He's trying to get uh. back to work.
13: Feliz Easter.
1: <laughs> Richie, it's time to come home, get back to work. You can't lay on the beach that much longer.
13: We
2: do miss you, a little Rich. We do miss you, but I hope you are enjoying some of the food, a by great, the way. A
1: great program from Emily Griffith. It's called Culinary Quick Start. And joining us on the show right now is Barbara Lindsay, Director of Workforce Development and Dave Box, who is, uh, I think, their, their marketing person. But first of all, welcome to the Modern Eater Show.
8: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mark Antonation continues on as he co-hosts the show with us on this uh, 420 Easter weekend <laughs> in the Mile High City. And so, Mark, you kind of set it up a little bit, but uh, we'll defer to you, and I think you should probably take this away, Barbara. Culinary Quick Start, what's the 30-second Cliff Note version of what you do?
14: Sure. It's a four-week customized training program that uh, allows us to train individuals with little or no experience directly for a line cook prep cook position and our Denver restaurants are our greatest partners and they do a embedded hiring fair for us
1: yeah we're going to get to highlight a uh, highlight a couple of your instructor uh, instructors and students that went through the program so we're looking forward to that um, go ahead Dave take it away
8: well there's nothing better than taking somebody that is than in the world of living at minimum wage and giving them an opportunity to become what they really can become and get them into one of the best industries in the state, um, Denver is fast becoming a wonderful restaurant world and uh, it's there already. Yeah, and we need people that have a passion about cooking and culinary, and we're getting them. Our program is tuition-free to students. It's supported by the Colorado Restaurant Association and Foundation, as well as now U.S. Foods and Service Uniform and people that want to build this community and make the best restaurants on the planet right here in Denver.
1: Fantastic. And as we see the struggles of the back of the house, a lot of movement and unemployment rate is really at some of its lowest. Well, and in Denver,
2: it's just impossible to find good people. And, And when you're asking someone to take a... Position in a hot kitchen at twelve bucks an hour—that's a hard, hard proposition. When you can go right down the street and uh, you know work for one of these other companies and make eighteen dollars cash, yeah. because it's just we are such a, in such a competitive market. Yeah. So right. I bet the chefs loves you so for you, doing this. Are you this. ready
1: to hit the ground running right after you got get out of that program?
14: We do have uh, um, enough skills for them to be able to operate within the back of the kitchen. That being said. They also need additional training. So they need somebody to mentor them when they're in the kitchen. They need um, We really want them to have a career pathway and not just a job. So um, we are working with chefs that understand that. Frank Bonanno is a prime example that he's developed a uh, program that then allows them to go through various different steps in the back of the house so they can continue in the industry.
8: That's fantastic. And We do the best to say to the students, don't just take a job. Find out what culture you want to be in, go find that group of restaurants and, and be there. So you're giving the
2: them deeper skills then than just learning how to work in a kitchen.
8: Absolutely. We're giving them soft skills as well, skills that everybody needs. This is not just about a job. We have we are lucky enough to you know be partnered with Emily Griffith to present this professionally and we have to touch their lives.
3: Yeah, Mark? And yeah, I've been there in the classroom and I've also been to your job fair and I was really impressed by the number of chefs that I recognized from top restaurants that were there looking for new employees. Uh, do you know how many a month or per class end up uh, getting jobs right away?
14: So we've been in operation now for almost two years and we've trained almost 700 people for the industry. Congratulations. We know Thank you. Yeah, that's huge. 500 of them we know are still working in the industry. The great thing, like you said, you saw some of our best chefs in Denver that have partnered with us. They also helped create this curriculum. So we aren't teaching something we thought was the best thing to teach. We're teaching what the Denver restaurateurs told us was the best thing to teach, including those soft skills that Dave talked about. You can't go into a kitchen and not show up, and not you know know how to communicate with your chef, and last. So that that's a good portion of this. We take time out to teach those soft skills as well.
2: And that's Barbara Lindsay. Now, Barbara, tell me where are you located. Are you still downtown, or where are you all
14: located? Yes, so we're at uh, 1816 Lincoln Street, which we used to be at 14th and Welton. That was our old campus. Yes,
2: I remember that one.
14: So about three, four years ago, we moved over to 1860 Lincoln Street. So this program actually is taught in the evenings. At the We have a main floor kitchen, and then we have a 14th floor kitchen. So we can run two cohorts at the same time each five-week session. And our 14th cohort is, our 14th floor cohort is very unique in that we teach it in an iBest model, which means we're teaching language skills along with the culinary skills. So somebody who doesn't speak English doesn't have to speak English because we're supporting them and teaching them enough English to support them in the workforce. Wow. Now, does that go Moving vice versa?
1: Barbara Lindsay and Dave Box here from Culinary Quick Start. It's an Emily Griffith program. It's supported by the Colorado Restaurant Association and the Restaurant Association Foundation. And uh, what we're going to do is highlight some of the chefs and instructors when we come back at the top of the hour. So we'll take a break. Mark Antonation continues along with myself, Brian Freeman, and Greg Hollenbeck. We'll see you in just a couple of minutes.
13: Hey, you guys. Jay Parker here for the Modern Eater Show. Hour number one is done. Hour number two is going to be twice as much fun. Are you hiding Easter eggs? I'm still looking for mine from last year. It's 420 Mile High City. Hour number two of the Modern Eater Show starts right now.
0: It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater.
15: What are you hungry for? Here's to
11: a
6: meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good
0: stuff. (laughs) With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman.
1: Oh yeah, we can do this. The Modern Eater Show continues live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. And I always say, it's like an oatmeal raisin cookie. Take a bite out of it you find out it's a chocolate chip cookie. And then, Mark, you figure out that chocolate chip cookie, it's inedible.
2: And that is so (laughs) apropos for a 420.
1: (laughs) That's the show. Mark Antonation, Denver Westward Magazine. And uh, and before we continue on with culinary quick start, the, uh, uh, you know, obviously in Denver, Colorado, legalized marijuana. You see that catching on in the food industry?
3: Uh, You know, the CBD thing is really big right now. Uh, I think Carl's Jr. just came out with a, CBD burger all day just for 420. Yep. Yeah, uh, and there's other restaurants like uh, Habit and Carbon that do CBD shots that you can get in your coffee or your cocktail or your donut.
1: But how about full-on weed dinners?
3: Uh, you know, those are still pretty private. They happen. I, I haven't been to one, um, but uh, they're a thing. I guess they. You know, you pay ahead and you sit down, and they have samples that are that go with. The food, uh, I don't really know much about that myself. And Yeah, I'm curious just because
2: I I don't know that that would entice me that much personally. And I'm not at all, I'm not anti that movement at all. But I just don't know that engaging that much with food and and that recreational substance is something that I'd want to go down that road. You know, I don't know. That's just me. I, I I like a pairing with. I'm I'm very alcohol friendly, um, I, and not to say that I don't believe in the whole marijuana movement. I think, I think marijuana is doing great things for people. I think CBDs and cannabinoids. The more we learn about them, it's something that has, our government has hidden from us for have so long. Have you ever long. seen
1: most expensivest? No, I have not. On TV, have you ever seen that, Mark? Two Chains, Two Chains showed a a weed, a weed dinner. It was it was actually pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. Really? Now, Greg, what's your opinion on? It?
1: My opinion on it is going to be hard to catch on, and, and you're not going to find anybody. Uh, we're not going to be doing any of those dinners anytime soon at the Modern Eater Show just because uh, you when you, you, you've you got, at the end of the day, you've got sponsors. And the, the, the folks that are your sponsors, they, they might not want themselves out there like that. So it's got a long ways to go is what I'm going to have to say. But I'm open to any and all things. If, if it works out for you and, and you can do that, that would be cool, a little detour from the Modern Eater Show as we talk about culinary quick start right now. And uh, Chef Ben Whelan, how are you? Welcome to the Modern Eater Show. How's it going, guys? Thrilled to be here. Good to see you. And Chef Anthony Aris, how are you? He doesn't have a headset. On. He's doing good. He's playing with his
10: grower's organic produce.
2: I like it. He's cutting up those snap peas, and I, I've never actually seen a, a chef cut them up sideways like that, and I like that.
10: Yeah, chef. it's really nice. It gives you that bias. You get a nice little crunch from that snap pea. Really beautiful product here today, too. We're really, really thrilled with everything that... Uh, we're getting from Growers Organic. That's fantastic. So, sure. Chef, we have the uh, setup, so we know all
1: about uh, Emily Griffith's Quick Start program. But here you are, an instructor. Talk about, from your point of view, how do you uh, see Culinary Quick Start? Uh,
10: I mean, I think it's a really valuable thing. It's a really necessary thing in Colorado, in Denver right now. A uh, lot of restaurants opening up, a lot of job openings. And, you know, I think over the last four or five years, it's kind of put a stress on the labor market for cooks. Um and there's a lot of people out there who really want to do this. So we're just kind of providing a bridge between uh, folks who are looking to get into this industry who love cooking, need just a little more training uh, to, to feel comfortable getting into the industry, and then get them jobs. Um, start filling up those spots. Bridging the gap. And this has got to be kind of a labor of love for you, too, because
1: let's face it, you've got a real gig, a, a full-time gig, right? Where, where are you gigging at?
10: So uh, in the mornings, I work at Mother Tongue in the newly opened Broadway market. Uh, it's a Daniel Asher concept doing uh, Turkish street food, basically. Uh, it's going to be rotating as well in a few months. I believe we're going to uh, start doing Mexican street food. Um, and the idea is just kind of uh, Mother Tongue doing native foods uh, and, and just kind of keep moving through different parts of the world.
2: I'd love to hear that because Mother Tongue is rocking it out, one of Daniel Asher's plays. You guys are rolling all organic. Oh, I yeah. mean, you're familiar with Growers Organic because really? you're seeing that truck every day. Work
10: with that product every day, yeah. Yep.
2: I, and I thank you for that. You know, Daniel's a longtime friend, and I love to hear when people really support local and organic in a way that you guys embrace it. Yeah, so.
10: it's really big for Daniel. We use uh, we use Colorado honey. Uh Almost all of the products that we use, like, we try to keep it as locally sourced in Colorado, even for prepared product, as much as we possibly can.
1: Yeah, you're blowing us away tonight. And great work and fantastic job. Thank you uh, so much. So a daytime job, and then by night, culinary instructor. Uh, it's got to be a pretty fulfilling
10: job, right? You guys... Uh, oh, yeah. Anthony just went through the program. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing job. Uh, it's probably one of, one of the favorite positions I've ever held in the world of cooking. Um, we get, you know... Thirty to forty students a semester coming through. Uh, our semesters are four weeks long, so it's, it goes pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but we've had between uh, my co-instructor Blake, who you'll we'll hear from here in a moment, and myself, I think we've graduated four hundred some odd I students know, coming a, through the program. Congratulations, um, man. What
1: kind it's of huge Anthony? What kind of shape did we get Anthony in where before <laughs> he got into the program? Anthony, what were you doing?
8: Oh, I was uh, I was in the restaurant industry, but I've been working in front of house. For years, always wanted to be in back of house. Now it's time to make the transition. And when I saw this program, I had to jump on it.
1: Yeah. What'd you learn? Yeah.
8: Well, I learned how much I know, how much I don't know. But from Ben and Blake, they're great instructors. Uh, working on mother sauces, working with the professional industry equipment in the kitchen, knife skills. Um, yeah, and more. It's a, a, a lot of information.
1: You're a graduate. I am. Are you? Did we put you to work yet?
8: Oh, uh, soon. Revolution I have a stage. I have yes. I have a stage on Monday, at the milk market for uh, Frank Bonanno.
1: I have a feeling he'll. he'll Good get, for you. Yeah, he'll get pulled in right away. Anything that we can do, love to help you out. Job, Absolutely. Job placement. How does that go?
10: Uh, so we have a, we have a hiring fair once a semester where we bring in, um, and so our program isn't just restaurants. We really try to uh, put our students in a lot of different places. I think there's a craft direction you can go with this career into. Your more fine dining restaurants, and there's a trade aspect to this business as well. Um, sometimes you're making, you know, really nice sort of fancy plates of food, and sometimes you're just making food for people to eat. Uh, cooking lunch at DPS, we've had students placed there. Uh, we bring in Aeromark. Um, to do some other, some of their concepts out at the airport. Mm-hmm. And then we also do bring in a lot of independent restaurants. That's fantastic. Um, so we have you know, a whole room full of potential employers, and we release these guys like the running of the bulls, and they just kind of get in there and, and have a chance to talk to a whole room full of people uh, that want to hire them. Let it roll. What are you guys putting together for us tonight? So we got a couple, uh, couple really fun dishes. Uh, my co-instructor, Blake Stein, is the pasta master. He rolls all of the pasta at Milk Market. Not all of it, but a large majority of it. So we're doing a uh, wild mushroom ennuelote with uh, parsnip and fennel puree. And then uh, we're going to do a little salad that I'm going to throw together for you guys here real quick. Uh, I have some scallions, really beautiful scallions from Growers Organic. Uh, I have some pickled Swiss chard stems. So we used the Swiss chard. We cooked it down with some uh, bacon fat roasted garlic, some house-made ricotta. Stuffed the chicken with that, boned out the chickens, rolled them, stuffed them, um, and we're roasting those in the oven. So then we saved the stems, did a little quick pickle on them. Nothing goes to waste. Uh, And we're just going to build a little salad, um, real quick and easy, uh, fresh, springy. Um, So I've got some of our pickled Swiss chard here. Chef
2: Ben, could you say in 15 seconds, how how do you pickle that real quick?
10: Real quick, uh, it's just a one-to-one-to-one mixture of water, white vinegar, and sugar. Uh, We let it cool just a touch, pour it right over, let them sit at room temperature. Wow. All right, one minute
1: left, and then we'll get on the other folks here. Uh, Put it together and just describe it and and full value if you're watching our Facebook live stream.
10: Sure. So what I got here is I got some of these really nice pickled charred stems. Uh, I got some scallion here, and then I have a little bit of bull's blood, sort of micro bull's blood. Little squeeze of fresh lemon because that's always nice. A little bit of this beautiful oil,
2: Colorado Mills oil, Colorado right Mills.
1: out
3: of right out of Lamar, Colorado. One of our great sponsors. Mark Antonation,
1: you're great at play-by-play. What are you seeing here?
3: Uh, I'm seeing looks like a really fresh spring salad. Uh, really the, nice min- little... the mint smells great from here, uh, and I'm looking forward to trying a little bit of that. chard charred stem. These look beautiful. Yeah.
1: Anthony, we we very want nice. you to do very well, and you seem like a guy. You jumped right into this kitchen. You. You fit in nicely. So from the front of the house to the back of the house, Culinary Quick Start. They're going to give you that four week program to kind of get you on your way. And I love what you guys are doing. Uh, Thank you both. Uh, Yeah, fantastic. And we're going to come back. And um, why don't you do this, Ben? Sure. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Blake Stein before he
10: comes on. Ben, Blake and I have been working together for about two years. Uh, We knew each other before that. I was at Mizuna. He was at Luca. We're about 100 yards apart. really talented chef like I've never worked with anybody who's as good with pasta as Blake is um he's just so much fun to have in the kitchen too like he's I know I see him over here he's, he's laughing and joking and like he's he's just having a great time all the time looking um, forward to
1: catching up with chef Blake Stein and chef Adam Cohen they'll be next right here and is it fair to say uh, can we call them chefs now oh yeah absolutely Anthony's shaking his head no, but I have a feeling. Uh, best of luck to both of you, and we'll continue uh, featuring and highlighting the Culinary Quick Start program, uh, Emily Emily Griffith. And, and I don't know, do you know the information on how folks can get more information if they'd like to go through this program?
10: Sure. Uh, so you can go to culinaryquickstart.com, uh, and through our web portal, there's opportunities for students to sign up for the program, for employers to kind of check out what we're doing. Uh, we also have Meals for Change Day coming up, um, which Blake will tell you a little bit more about. Uh, it's our, one of our main fundraisers. You can check that out on our website as well.
2: And um, Mother Tongue, Chef Ben, where are you? Uh,
10: yeah, Mother Mother Tongue Restaurant down in the Broadway Market. Um, are weekdays, 9 to 4. Come on and buy and say hi.
1: Yeah, guys. go nice. say hi to nice Chef Ben Whelan. Thank you guys so much. We'll be right back. Coloring a quick start. We'll continue right here from Studio Kitchen Colorado on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path.
0: If you've got a business and need a website or need a graphic designer, F. Johnson Design does it all. Take the headache out of trying to build your own website or design graphics. Who has time for that? F. Johnson Design will get you up and running with a professional and great-looking website. Design sharp graphics to your specifications and have your site up faster than you think. Logo, package design, SEO coding, and more. F. Johnson Design did the Modern Eater's website. Go to themoderneater.com to check out some of their work. Reach out to F. Johnson
6: Four six two eight for the best knives in your kitchen. Think Element Knife Company.
1: Hey, it's Greg Holland back and here we go. Beer festival season coming right up, and if you like great Belgian style beers, there's an event that you don't want to miss. It's the third annual Belgium Brew Fest, and it's happening Sunday, April 28th, next to Brews Beers in Midtown. The fest will include 12 breweries, including Brews, Briar Common, River North, Periodic, Elevation, Gold Spot, The Thirsty Monk, Liberati, Paradox, and Intrepid Sojourner, plus special. Guests from Amagang and Duvall. All these breweries will be bringing their best Belgian-style beers. The party continues after the fest with live music, food trucks, and special beers and pricing at Brews right after the fest. The Belgian Brew Fest is Sunday, April twenty-eighth, from one to four p.m. in the garden next to Brews Beers. It's at one six seven five West sixty-seventh Avenue in Denver. Tickets are limited, so get yours now at BelgianBrewFest.com. Join the party for some Belgian-style badassery at the Belgian. Brew Fest on April 28th. We'll see you there.
16: This is the
0: Modern Eater Show at Troy Guard Tag Restaurant Group. I'll see you guys soon.
10: My name is Jennifer Jasinski, and I'm listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
1: All right, complete chaos here in the kitchen, Ryan. As we continue the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio, I think I lost my whole team, but it doesn't matter. I've got him here with me. Chef Blake Stein from Culinary Quick Start. How are you, Chef? Very good, sir. How are you? I hear you are the uh, pasta whisperer. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Where'd you get your love for pasta, man?
7: Um, I don't know. I've always enjoyed eating it, and I started playing around with it. Professionally, I guess you could say about five or six years People ago.
1: People have got to look at what you're doing on our Facebook live stream as well. Kind of give a play-by-play of what you got going on here.
7: Uh, so I took a sheet of pasta dough that I had rolled out a little bit ago, and now I'm just cutting it into sections that I can pipe out a little bit of our filling in there, and I can roll them up and kind of form them into what we're calling loti tonight to serve for all the guests.
1: Mark Antonation rejoins us from westward Denver. And uh, we continue here. I don't know. We lost Brian Freeman somehow, some way. But we have a culinary quick start uh, graduate right here with us with uh, Chef Adam Cohen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good
17: to see you, man. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be a part of this. How was the program? It was great, it was fantastic. How about this instructor right here? The instructors, are, <laughs> the instructors are awesome, man. Just endless information, more than you can even take in in uh, four weeks. So, four could weeks? have asked for better professors. Yeah, yeah. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, That's no doubt. That's the name of the game. We're putting
1: together some pasta here right now. Exactly. What's the number one thing that you took away from culinary quick start?
17: I would have to say the number one thing is uh, some of the, just the Etiquette that they teach you, for example, um, you know, how to work with others in the kitchen, um, how to keep your place clean, um, show up on time for your interviews, things like that. Those basic kind of etiquette things were pretty huge, you know. Um, A lot of the rest of it, you can kind of learn how to find your way around, but it's nice to just. Always have that reminder in the back of your head of how to, yeah. you know, be humble and how to work your way around the kitchen with a team of people.
1: Let's all scoot in here together. Mark Anthony. welcome back to the show, Mark. Hey. <laughs> there you are. Mark, how many, how many does this strike you? So we sat here uh, for three segments with Culinary Quick Start, and you've got to know a, a, a few of the guys that are here with us. But um, at first blush, are they right over the target?
3: I, I think they're doing a great job. And um, when I was there recently, uh, I ate some great food from the students, and I was going to ask you what uh, you cooked when you had your Iron Chef challenge. I don't know. Did you know we it? do the Iron Chef Did when you? you were in session?
17: I We weren't doing the Iron Chef. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 or do I you have a
3: favorite dish that you cooked while you were there? Um,
17: man, it's a little bit hard to remember, honestly, because it was all, over a year ago that okay. I was there. Okay. Um, But I would have to say I I really enjoyed any time we had a guest chef come in. Frank Bonanno came in and taught us pasta here with Blake. And uh, we had someone come in from the Seattle Fish Company show you how to break up a fish. and stuff. Those were my favorite kind of things. Did
1: Tristan come in? From Fish Company? Yeah, Seattle. Do you remember who it was? No, no, it was Lee Reitz. Lee Reitz. Reitz.
17: Yeah, Yeah, good buddy. Yeah, so those were the best times for sure, cooking that kind of stuff with the experts there, you know.
3: So you got to learn how to do this kind of thing from the master. From the master, yeah. yeah from that's the great. master
17: himself, Yep. Yeah. So cool. This was right. the most challenging for me, for sure, the pasta. I've, I had never done it before. Um, these guys make it look pretty easy. Yeah, Blake makes it look like he can do this
3: with his <laughs> eyes closed. Uh, I right. bet you can. Is there I do. some
7: 420 crossover here? No, I do this as my day job <laughs> before I start teaching <laughs> uh-huh. at nighttime. So I'm pretty accustomed to
1: it. It was so cool because uh, Ben Whelan had so many great things to say about it. I said, give us a little bit. On Blake, And he had some – you'll have to go back and listen to the audio. But he says, you're the life of the place, man. Oh,
7: I don't know about all yeah. that. I just – I really enjoy it. I think the, the greatest thing about this this teaching thing – I mean, never in a million years did I picture myself coming out of a kitchen and becoming a teacher. Mm-hmm. But feeling that, that, that hurt that Denver got just growing too fast and not enough people to staff these kitchens and not being able to find good health. the opportunity to make a difference and go out there and help train and fix that problem – I couldn't say no to that, but yeah, it's just the most gratifying job ever. I but not, like,
2: I What kitchen it. did you work in that you felt you got the most experience and the most exposure to something awesome?
7: I was the sous chef at Luca for a little while, before I started teaching. I actually left there to teach, so I think I learned probably the most because we had a whole bunch of, um, we, had a, we had a lot of good, I don't know, what can you say, like freedom. Like if we had a good idea, we put it, we presented it out there, and Frank was always very receptive, and he was like, you know, if it's a good idea, we can run with it. So, try it out. How about culture? You're a big one on internal culture, oh, Brian. Um, kitchen morale.
1: Some tough things to do because I mean, you're
7: <laughs> you're in there, you're fighting it away. That'll that'll make or break you. I mean, if you work with a good crew, you're usually in there and. You just, you know, it's coming, the busyness, and you're going to be very stressed and under a lot of pressure. But if you have a good crew, then it just makes all the difference. Makes everything very, very easy. You know, you can count on each other, have each other's back, no matter how hard it gets.
2: Well, in the kitchen, there's a lot of intensity, mm-hmm. and so uh, sometimes that intensity boils over. Yeah. And it's and it's hard to be in that environment. It's hard to make the right culture. Um, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I get to visit lots of kitchens around town. I'm sure you do as well, Mark. Do you, do you see this this issue with sometimes that some of these chefs their passion boils to a place of where it, it becomes an unfriendly hostile environment?
3: I've I've not personally experienced that myself as a as a food journalist, but uh, I've heard stories. Yeah, for for sure. And uh, I've heard
1: yelling from the kitchen. Before, <laughs> and, and you just hang on because you're, you're, you want to hear. You're, that
3: was me asking me where my dinner was.
1: <laughs> it, it's an interesting thing because truly um, it's a big variable. When your food comes out and it's just not right, chances are it's not the food or the quality or the execution. It's the people that are just kind of disjointed in the back of the kitchen and it shows in the presentation of the food.
2: Well, and I would say also to add on to that, Greg, it's that the front of the house sometimes can really smooth out a situation. You know, sometimes, listen, chefs are learning a new menu. They're learning new ingredients. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's coming together. And even though you've run through it 10 times, yeah. when you've got 200 people, and by the way, four tables of, you know, four 10 tops were just sat at the same time. And so, all of a sudden, your kitchen's overwhelmed. But there
1: can't be a weak link in the yes, whole chain. Yes, really, exactly. Really, and it's
2: the front and the back of the yeah. house, which I think is so important. If
1: you're doing expo or you're running food or, or you're even on the line, it's it's a synergy. It's a kind of a flow. It's a workflow. And uh, I would imagine, Blake, that that's some of the stuff that you talk about there at Emily,
7: Emily Griffith Quick Start. Oh, yeah. We try and encourage everybody to get along and to understand that there's a lot of... <laughs> harsh personality sometimes to come of working in a kitchen. There's,
1: so. a, there's not much room for that anymore yeah. in kitchens, is it? Is you, there?
7: You've got to be adaptable. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, everybody comes from a different place, so some people have a chip not, on their shoulder and some are just, you know, able to work with everybody else. So. Nothing
1: worse than having a chef owner that has to come in and apologize most of the time. You know, just always saying, oh, I'm sorry for last.
2: Well, <laughs> it's a hard spot, but I think though, as I, as an employee, sometimes I realize that i got to be like a duck and let things roll off my back. Because the reality is, is everyone has a personality. I might really appreciate what someone has to say, but the way that they're delivering it yeah. isn't cool. But hey, back off and enjoy because there is something we can learn. We can get nuggets out of everything in life.
1: But now all the time. time. Now everybody's a food critic. <laughs> right, Mark? I mean, true. Oh, Lord. I, that that I,
2: just kills me, and personally. And
1: sometimes, uh, if you're in the food community, you know, and you're friends with myself and Brian and Mark Antonation, and we all just kind of get together and giggle, but um, this Yelp thing that's One, going one of on my on, favorite hobbies is reading Yelp. Uh, yeah, the, re- <laughs> the reviews and some of the uh, – one of the most absurd things that you've ever heard on Yelp.
3: Uh, I just recently – saw one. I posted it on Facebook. The bronze. I love that yeah, you do that by yeah, the way. Thank you Mark. Somebody complaining like why would anybody ever want to see a head on their shrimp? You know it's just a lot of work for no effort and I'm like I think he would starve to death in a lot of parts of the world. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah.
2: yes. We're actually you better eat the head of the shrimp because that's where you're going to get some protein. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs>
13: it's hey, just... hey uh, Jay Parker here. Can I just jump into the show for Jay. just a second? Please. When, so when it comes to Yelp, and Mark, I you know I don't know uh, how you feel deep down inside. Here's my biggest problem with, with Yelp and the social media uh, in respect to commenting on the food or the service or anything, is the fact that you can say anything you want. Right? It doesn't matter if you had a good experience or a bad experience. And I'm, pe- I'm speaking from personal experience. and I know. Yeah, Rick, because you've been thinks, yelped about a thousand I'm, times. He thinks I'm the worst bartender in the world. And, and, and listen, I have my moments, and I'll own every single one of them. But there are times where somebody has gone on Facebook. Now, this is alcohol usually related for me in the bartending <laughs> world. Not my alcohol related, but theirs. And they'll just flat out go on and blast me and tell a story that just did not happen. like honest to God in heaven it just did not happen but we live in a day and age where they can do that they don't even have to go to the restaurant. They can know a guy that works at the restaurant that scratched his car at the gym and beat him in basketball. And yeah. so now I go on and blast him because I hate I just don't like it.
2: Any, I it, love it. And it's a sober bartender, too, by the way. I mean, I love hearing that from Jay. It's
1: 730 on 630 KHOW. We're going to get into some beer and some spirits and cocktailing in the next couple of segments. I think we did a good job highlighting uh, Emily Griffith's quick uh, culinary quick start uh, this past few things. But I love seeing a chef. Uh, do Do you ever see yourself being a chef instructor because of the inspiration that you drew from guys like this?
17: I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The stuff they do is really cool and I, you know, firsthand got to experience them helping me get a good job in the industry with really good people, doing it the right way and seeing how that is, getting to come back and help out, all these different things and then, you know, meeting people like you guys I've never met you guys before, I've never been here before, I didn't even know about this podcast anything, you just learn so much you know, and you become a part, like you said the community, the teamwork it's a small world out there, and you know like, don't burn your bridges and it's guys like this that can help you uh, you know, jump somewhere really cool really fast,
1: so. Seems like a really tight group that has turned out I don't even want to say turned out that has developed over 400 plus students in the past two years, which is a, an amazing number. And uh, thank you so much. That was the voice of Chef Adam Cohen. And uh, nothing but good things that people say about you, Chef Blake Stein.
7: Appreciate
1: you. Thank both of you guys. here on Thank the you, Chef. Thank you. Uh, we're going to revisit Abrushi's Fire and Vine. That's and great. Aaron, Aaron is their uh, deluxe bartender. She was a uh, root down,
2: wasn't she? She was. And they stole her, but. Um, stole uh, or stole? S- no, no, stole. <laughs> stole. Stole. Uh, Aaron. Aaron,
1: her name is Aaron Rushton. And uh, Brushy's Fire and Vine, you heard them in the first uh, part of the show, but I got to tell you what, their cocktail program is bar none. We've got a few in front of us. Mark, oh, isn't is, that look gorgeous? This is the half hour of the show where we do a little bit of sampling, some uh, libations. I hope you're ready.
3: How did I miss that last time? <laughs> well, you had to take off
1: in the, after the first hour. The second hour loosens up. People, their blood uh, sugar kind of resumes after they get...
2: I always tell it, them. it's not loosening, it's lubricating. That's right. So it's... Uh... And we'll continue
1: to do that as we grease the skids, and we continue on a beautiful 420 evening in the Mile High City. Right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, we'll be back in a flash right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
4: Choose your path
0: themoderneater.com.
6: Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalita's Tortillas. Rockalita's, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips. Served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills.
9: Hey everyone, it's Colleen Ferreira with the Colorado Chefs Association. Are you ready to put your passion to work? Well, we train the future chefs of Colorado and we want you to join us. The Colorado Chefs Association is recruiting for our fall semester right now. Join our American Culinary Federation accredited cooking program. Work in a professional kitchen and get paid all while earning your sous chef certification. Email me at Colleen at acfcoloradochefs.org. I'd love to hear from you. Join our excitement and explore a new future.
18: Do you have the goods? If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Do you love a great sandwich? How about wood oven-roasted vegetables on multigrain bread with rosemary, mayo, and olives? Vegan and certified gluten-free. Or for the meat lover, try one of their most popular menu items, the Paleo Bowl. With house-smoked pork, wood oven roasted veggies, two sunny-side up eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce. It's delicious. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two happy hours daily, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They're family and children friendly, and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant offering a wide menu of gluten-free and vegan options. And they don't forget about meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? Thegoodsrestaurant.com.
16: Hi everybody, this is Chef Carrie Baird from Bardo here in Denver. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> and you are listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio.
1: I love Chef Carrie Baird and Bardo, but I got to tell you my favorite Italian restaurant is Bruschi's Fire and Vine. And uh, Appleton, right? applewood applewood Jeez
2: Greg, and it's awesome beautiful patio killer bar and we get to see our friend who's about to tell us all about the bar right now
1: mark antonation is continuing on with us from denver westward mark i'm getting used to you having being here with us I, i mean maybe we can do it a once a month thing
3: i'm having fun uh so i'll uh consider
1: that yeah I love having you here with us. We continue. Uh, an old friend of yours now at this point, and Marvin Williams from Brucey's Fire and Vine and their bar program. I'll tell you what, it, it to me, is, danger, danger, <laughs> danger, <laughs> because I want to sample so many of the great cocktails you have on your menu. Thank you. And um, it all begins and ends right here. Aaron Rushton is uh, joining us on the show. Uh, bartender extraordinaire, welcome to the Modern Eater Show.
15: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Three cocktails we're going to go over full value on our Facebook live stream you'll be able to watch her assemble these but let's just kind of do so Mark Antonation he's kind of our uh, color guy he's, he's <laughs> going to describe as we go and we can all just jump in here but these are three great signature cocktails let's see if we can have Mark go down the line and uh, guess what we might have here what do you think Mark
3: well you know I've been to Rocker Spirits before and I really like some of the things they're doing uh, I don't know if I'll be able to taste these uh, I would say give that one a taste
2: uh, (laughs) I'm not even going to
3: guess he says
2: he doesn't know if he could taste them and Greg's like yes drink it now
3: (laughs) Uh, yeah there's some orange and mint and what's the alcohol in this
15: Uh, that's rum and green tea okay Ooh, oh, the green, green tea, tea threw
3: me off, yeah. I'm liking that. Let me taste that one more. Yes. I usually don't drink anything that healthy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, because it's got all that rubbage in it there, uh, roughage <laughs> at yeah, the top.
1: Uh, there. <laughs> antioxidants. The green tea did throw off a little bit. Took the rum yeah, away. good. Yeah, that's a good one right there.
15: It's a sneaky one.
1: Did you dream that one up?
15: Yeah, I did.
1: Where do but you, come you know th- what these inspirations?
15: <laughs> I just things I would like to drink. So
2: things Well, and that's <laughs> like a take on a mojito. Almost, yeah. it's like a. This is awesome. Great job, I
1: will Aaron. drink that a thousand times. No, you times won't, because I'm going to drink it. You're done. All right, Mark. <laughs> what do you got on this one? Describe it.
3: So this one's a little pink. So I'm guessing maybe there's some like prickly pear or something um, like that in there.
15: So I made a hibiscus hibiscus okay. syrup. Yeah.
3: Okay. And what's the alcohol in this one?
15: Yeah, that would be whiskey.
3: Okay. I,
1: I want to do a segment, uh, Stump Mark Antonation.
3: It's already happened, so. Oh, that's nice, yeah. A little sweet and sour, and the whiskey definitely comes through at the end. Hey, Mark, how important is a cocktail program to any good restaurant? For me, it's it's a bonus. Uh, I guess it depends on what kind of restaurant you have. If you're going to have a uh, $50 steak, I'm going to want a couple of cocktails with that. Uh, so... Um, you know, Let's let the it good adds, times to, begin. adds to the whole experience of going out. I think, and well, it sounds and I, like.
4: And I would say it's it's similar to the food. You want good quality. You want transparency. You want good local products. And when you have those in the drink program, and in the bar program, it's just an extension of the restaurant.
1: Right. Oh my goodness, so good. All right, four minutes left. Let's start shaking some drinks here. Uh, right. So as you build, just talk to us about what you're doing there. All right,
15: so I'm just going to do like I would a regular mojito. It's just a green tea, orange mojito. Just changed it up a little bit with the acid. Kept that mint in there. Just wanted to add a little antioxidant goodness with the green tea.
2: Oh, so you're actually calling it a mojito, Erin? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I love you for that.
1: Yeah, it's,
15: it's, it's everything in a mojito. So I didn't do anything new. Didn't reinvent the wheel. Just changed a couple components had something refreshing, and it's good for you.
1: Yeah, and folks, take notes. You can do this at home, truly, a few of these recipes. As delicious they are and complex in flavors, they're pretty easy to build, right?
15: I'm just using, instead of using all the lime, I split it in half with a little bit of orange, same mint. Using a little agave, you can use agave or honey simple, whatever you want to use for your sugar. Using about a half ounce of that. And then four ounces of green tea. I brought my own because I love my green tea. So about four ounces of the green tea.
1: We, you're building a, um, a a crowd around you here. As, <laughs> as soon know. as
15: bu- as soon as booze is involved, you get a you get a crowd. Then two ounces of the Rocker's rum.
2: You're with friends. You can eye that part.
15: <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll just guess.
1: I'll just it's guess, important. Yeah. It's important. The. Um, the amount of, uh, uh, with anything, you really have to follow a recipe for it to taste consistent. And that's, right. it, that's important, right?
4: Yeah, I would agree. It's like, again, just like with food. Yeah. Put too much salt in something. Put too much oregano in something. Same thing with the, with the cocktails. Put too much simple syrup. It's just, it has to be balanced.
1: As much as you'd love for Aaron to work at a brew, she's uh, all the time, every <laughs> yeah, day of the Yeah, I week. only
4: get her a few days a week. She's She's been a blessing. She used to work for us for, before for about five years and then was with Root Down for about four years and, honed her culinary you know bar skills and we are just uh it's a it's truly an honor to have her and she's back which camera should we show that to both
1: of our producers both of our
2: producers are, <laughs> are off the air which, which camera
1: should we show that to
2: because look at how beautiful that is.
1: That one. Show it to this camera.
2: Show it to this camera over here That's on you. I, I was just talking about and that. And
1: then uh, pass that behind you, and let's see if we can get somebody in the crowd there that would love to sample that. Look,
2: at, I do love how we have our friend Kyle there from the Crafty Fox, yes. and he also has a liquor store in the background of this shot. That's great to see.
1: Yeah, bogeys, beer, and wine. Continuing on, what's next, So Aaron? The
15: next one is going to be my whiskey cocktail. So about an ounce of lemon juice in this one little bit of orange bitters so the orange really highlighted the whiskey when we made it the other day and I thought that was just a great component I'm using just some muddle fresh oranges it's got some fresh basil in it and then I made a hibiscus simple syrup which is just make the tea and add the sugar super easy to make at home you can put in lemonade use it all all year long if you want to and then two ounces of the Rocker's whiskey. And then a little secret ingredient I like to use is I use a little uh, faba, which is the garbanzo bean water. It adds a little thickness where egg would be used, and that way it's still vegan friendly. It also doesn't fall apart like egg does.
1: Not a secret anymore. Though.
15: I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm. That's all right. I'm not very secretive.
1: The <laughs> secret. Now. This
2: is a delicious drink i you, I've been uh, really enjoying this green tea mojito that she made. Right on. That thing is super tasty.
1: Marvin, hey, cocktail hey. program, and you're open to um, a lot of people from the industry. And I think tonight, Jeff here, um, the owner, Jeff Proger from uh, Brucey's Fire and Vine, he came in and he had a uh, beer stop, uh, beer, and immediately wanted to meet the owner and brewer.
4: Yeah, that's how we are. I mean, if a, if a product is good, we want to showcase it. And uh, same thing with Rocker Spirits. I mean, Rocker Spirits came to us a year and a half ago, and and they were awesome. And and with a good quality product, it it makes it easy. So uh, we're always willing to try new things. Um, We just uh, did, you know, on-point distillery. We did those for a little bit and got them going. And, and, um, yeah, we're always willing to try new stuff.
1: I love it. You can get these cocktails at a Brew Fire, and Vine. And Aaron Rushton, you might be able to fire, find her behind the bar on any given night. When are you working?
15: I work Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings.
1: Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings. All I can Ooh. get her this <laughs> small so window right there. So join
2: the right brunch, there. though. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, Brucey's has got a killer, brun- brunch, yeah. killer brunch.
4: And and I will tell you, just a side note, the, uh, the little bit of bourbon syrup that we use for our bacon board, we do that on an amazing chicken and waffles. It's just an amazing drink Ooh. and I mean, an amazing dish. And we also do a brunch punch that Aaron comes up with every weekend, and that's just awesome. And, Marvin, I bet you're doing something for Easter. We are doing for Easter. We're doing our regular brunch with specials as well. Um, we're almost sold out, so definitely give us a call. We do take reservations of parties of five or more just because we do have a pretty small dining room. But uh, we'd love to see you. If not, we can always see you after the fact.
1: Telephone number?
4: It's going to be 303-232-2424, and we'd love to hear from you. One more time with that phone number? It's going to be 303 303- Two three two, two four two four.
1: There he is, Marvin Williams and Aaron Rushton from Abrucci's Fire and Vine. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Yes, sir, Love always having you guys. And Aaron, great to meet your acquaintance.
15: Right, thanks for having Love us.
1: Love that so much. All right, here's a brewery that's coming up right here. Let's learn about them, and they'll be in uh, Booze in the News, all the booze news you can use. And Beerstop Lagerhaus, they'll be up next. And Ashley Carter and Bill I, the owners and brewers, uh, coming right at you on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland.
0: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com.
11: Get ready to change the way you look at food. This is Peter Allman, the founder of South River Aquaponics and Alpenglow Mushrooms. As a La Cordon Bleu train chef, I know the importance of quality ingredients. That's why in 2013, I left the fine dining industry to start a sustainable organic farm. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow, we are the leader in sustainable growing practices, utilizing our natural resources as effectively as possible. No pesticides, no GMOs, no funny business, just clean, honest food production. We use old-world techniques combined with modern technology to bring you the best possible produce. Our gourmet mushroom facility provides CO2 for our greenhouse that grows tilapia as well as lettuces and herbs in our aquaponics system. Look for us in natural grocers, city market, and served on the plates of Colorado's finest chefs. At South River Aquaponics Alpenglow Mushrooms, we're growing greener. To learn more about aquaponics, And see our products? Go to our website at SouthRiverAquaponics.com. South River Aquaponics, the future of farming.
5: My dad's vegetables are so good, I can't live without them.
12: or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com.
1: Okay, back to the show in just a minute, but I have to tell you about our guy. His name is Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. What is A-Plus Beverage Solutions? Oh, they just install the best tap systems that you can possibly want. He does maintenance, too, and uh, I know there are a few out out there that need to have some maintenance done on your tap lines. Beer, wine, water, coffee, nitro, if you want to add a line. But he's going to make your tap dream uh, realities come true. Foam is money. There is nothing worse if you are pouring foamy beer and the temperature is off. Because if you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, guys?
2: You're, you're pouring, pouring your money down. down the drain.
1: Don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage uh, Solutions. Him and his wife, Kristen Rourke, they do a great job. And they want to make sure you're all squared away. Seven two zero. 272 One more time, Greg. It's just a phone call away, Brian. 720-272-3809. It's
0: Jeff Rourke.
1: And A-Plus Beverage
0: Solutions. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment.
13: I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive.
0: All we need is a a chair and and a cooler beer. Here's your Booze News.
1: You got that right. We can do this. Booze in the news. All the booze news you can use on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Here's a real treat right now. And joining us is uh, Bill I and Ashley Carter, owners and brewers right there. Bierstadt Lagerhaus. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank hey, you. Thanks for having us. It's so good to see you guys. First of all, for the folks that don't know, where's your location?
16: Uh, we are at 2875 Blake Street. Uh, so if you know where the baseball stadium is, take that same street. And head towards uh, River North, about seven blocks, and we're right there on your left.
1: Sounds like Mark Antonation. You're
16: no stranger.
3: Uh, I have been. I'm a fan. Uh, and I, when I was younger, I worked for a German beer import company, and uh, still have a soft spot in my heart for for the uh, quality and consistency of German beer.
1: Wow, do you want us to save that soundbite uh, right yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. holy that's, that's smokes, that's yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one right there. Flattering, right, guys? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you want to hear. It is. What did you set out to do when you started out on this journey? One thing. Make we delicious set
19: a, we, beer. We set a, well, no, more specific. We set a brewery up to make one thing, yeah. lager beer. Uh, we weren't trying to make IPA. We weren't trying to make Saison. We nothing wrong with any of that. It's just not our thing. Yeah. We wanted to make a brewery that would kick out Consistently great German lager style beer. So
2: I'm going to throw you, day before Easter, a hallelujah. Because I will tell you that I am over the IPA trend and craze. What you poured for me tonight, I want to fill a swimming pool and jump (laughs) right in. Because this was tasty beer.
1: What do you call it? uh, Sessionable. Yes. Very.
16: You know, we uh, this beer that we brought you today, uh, uh, unfortunately we couldn't pour it the way that it's uh, meant to be poured, but we call this our Slow Pour Pills, and that's because it actually takes, at our bar, anywhere between three to six minutes to pour it. It comes every time with foam above the rim, and this is honestly our flagship, and when they were asking us to come be on this show and say what we do, we didn't really have a lot. because. Uh, Why try to flounder and cater to everybody? We do one thing, and so we brought you the one thing that we do. We actually don't even allow uh, bars to serve it unless it comes in this glass. And this is an exclusive glass. There's nobody in the United States who has this glass. There's actually nobody in the United States or even in Europe these days that actually has this glass. This is an exclusive glass of ours. So if you get this glass, it means it's our beer.
2: I got to tell you, I commend you for sticking to something you buck the trend because, listen, people are coming out with double and triple, and it's all about the IPA until your tongue tastes like cotton mouth. And on a day like today, so like, who needs cotton <laughs> mouth twice? Well, listen, go get something refreshing. Yeah. Go get something that will and,
1: make you happy. And from a business standpoint, uh, to be scalable, if you do a, a, a great beer and you're able to put that out, I think you can do – what kind of production – can you guys do with this beer? I
19: mean we we're a small place, we're a brew pub. We never set out to conquer the world and it actually helps make our life a little easier. We don't have to be everywhere. We can be very selective about who pours it. We can only make about two thousand barrels about right now with the equipment we have. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a lot of desire to get much larger than that yeah, you're we're actually
16: looking at the whole production team right now yeah this, this is, is it you're the whole <laughs> table <laughs>
2: i love that we're, we're
16: out love, today no yeah. beer being made today only beer being drank that's so.
2: hyper local at its finest yeah. <laughs> well you but you guys. have a huge
1: following though yeah, come describe on your tap room to us would you What's that? You gotta keep your tap room happy.
19: We do, in fact that's our number one focus. And if you knew the margins compared comparatively, you'd want to keep your tap house happy Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So but we, go ahead.
16: Oh yeah, we are a full service restaurant um, as well, so we paired with the Rack House pub. Uh, and we have basically you walk in, it's a two thousand or excuse me, twenty thousand square foot facility, mezzanine, you go upstairs, you can eat, and you can actually look over the production area. We imported a brew house from nineteen thirty-two. From Germany, So it's actually copper. It's actually a funny question I get all the time. Like, do you actually use this? And I was like, for the amount of money that we spent on it, yes. We absolutely use this copper brew house from 1932. So you can actually sit next to it. Uh, There's sometimes me and Bill, usually I look a little bit less put together than this. And uh, you can actually watch us make beer a couple days out of the month.
2: Well, and you've got Bill I, the beer stat guy, there (laughs) rolling it. Now, where are you located?
19: 2875 Blake Street. Awesome. I tell you what, I
2: I am
1: hoping this will never be a question. But as we look into the future, the rarity of female brewers, it's – and again, I
16: don't even want – It's not as rare as you might imagine. uh, There's
1: Um, a few of them, and a lot of them that I really, really admire out there. But uh, we need more. We truly need. Well, I think we need more female beer drinkers. Is I there think
16: we need more females in every walk of life. Honestly, from top <laughs> to bottom. And I also think. Hey, I more. agree.
2: I will second that.
16: And I also think there's more out there than you actually know. And I think it's an interesting idea that you think there is, um, that there isn't, because actually, at almost every level in production, we're looking at almost. Like, I used to know, eight years when I started in this business, I used to know every single female brewer, now I literally have no idea, and I find that to be a positive, I not a too. negative. Yeah. And, you know, we want to focus on that a little bit, but we're trying to get away from trying to say, like, why would you say, like, she's a great female doctor? Like, it's the same thing. Like. And even Chef, we run
1: into that a lot of times, I as far as kitchens go. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, I wouldn't doubt it, sure. Yeah. Just keep kicking the rock down the road, and again... This won't be something that it even comes up as a question.
19: That's exactly the, the whole goal, isn't the it? The whole
1: goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so as well. So number one thing that you would like to leave with our listeners about what's that 30-second elevator speech to come give us a shot because there's a lot of breweries in Colorado. you got a lot of choices.
19: Well, um, there are. We just do the thing we love, and we hope we find the people that love that same thing. We're not here to pander or chase a trend or... Or even honestly, listen to what our competitors are doing. We're only interested in making a couple things as well as we can make it. Hopefully, if we find the audience,
1: yeah. we got to learn from them. Is uh, I know. do something great and do it well, and don't I? I try and do so many different things to it, be diversified, you know. But really, you have to narrow it down, get in your lane, do it well, and focus.
16: It's it's hard, man. You know when everybody thinks this kind of business prints money and it doesn't. And so it's hard to kind of listen to the noise outside and wonder if what you're doing is right. But people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And the why is so much deeper, and it's easy to make decisions. I don't feel like I need to pander. And honestly, I'd rather go down burning for this. You can find me in Argentina when I blow the place up. (laughs) If it doesn't work. I love that. um, You know, instead of doing something against you know, the, the the idea that we had from the very beginning. Yeah. But good
2: for you, Ashley. I mean, that that kind of passion and that kind of stick-to-itiveness is yeah. what my grandfather used to call it. And he said, Brian, listen, don't be a joker of all. Be a master of one. And so congratulations, because I will tell you, one of the best lagers. Delicious well, this beers. is your pills, it right? Is
1: pills.
2: It, this is just right here folks yeah. and if you can't see it it's about 5 feet over my head and it is right where it should be because this Pilsner give him a shot thank you, thank you, thank you thank, you guys, right,
19: great. Great. thank
1: you. you guys so much Mark Antonation for being here with us tonight, well, thank you uh, what's next, we've got about uh, 30 seconds what can we look forward to reading it here this week
3: <laughs> uh, you know I'm uh, going to be hitting Aurora here in, a, in the next week or two, there's some fun new stuff coming up, you love that Aurora is an amazing food town. Yeah. Uh, it's just not as fancy and glitzy as, like, the trendy new areas. Are
2: you hitting K-Town and our friends over at Pacific Ocean at all? Or
3: uh, I love Pacific Ocean Marketplace. Uh, it's a great place to shop. There's one on my side of town, too, on Federal. Well, just a few blocks from here.
1: Thanks, Abrushis. Uh, thanks, Culinary Quick Start. Thanks, everybody here. And joining us, we'll see you next week.